Hello, and welcome to Teacher Tales, a podcast from the spirit of teaching. This is your host, Linda Markley, and I invite you to join me and my guests as we get curious, explore, discover, and learn more about what is really at the heart of teaching. In each episode, we will hear the story of a teacher, what called them to teach, what are their greatest joys and challenges in teaching, what inspires them, and what are their hopes, dreams, and vision for the education of children. We will learn more about the greatest lessons they have taught and also the greatest lessons they have learned. No checklists, no standards, no reports, no paperwork, and no data. Just stories from their hearts to our hearts on a journey to celebrate what really matters in the true spirit of teaching. Hi everyone, welcome to Teacher Tales again. So glad you're back. And I, my guest today is, I'm so excited to have her on because we have connected hearts and connected purpose in this world for teachers. Uh, her name is Kim and I'm gonna let her tell you a little bit about herself. Thanks Linda, I'm super excited to be with you. I think what you are doing in supporting um, and sharing with teachers is just so essential and really nurturing and it builds community, which we all need right now. So thank you for doing this. Um, My name is Kim Norman Dobrin and I am South African and I moved to America five years ago. I've been in education for the last 30 years. It's remarkable to be able to say that in many different ways. So I have morphed and changed through the years, but it always comes down to education. Uh, My turning point was really walking out of Schindler's List and saying to the people that I'm with, if I want the world to be a better place for my own children, then best I get involved. And that was the launching pad for everything that I've done. So give everyone a little bit of a context of the Schindler's List, and then maybe you can transition into the idea of your children and making a better place for your children, and a little bit about Brent, your son, and that journey. So Schindler's List is a movie that Steven Spielberg created um, approximately 27 years ago, 28 years ago, and it's a Holocaust movie. It's true. It's based on Schindler's um, and the man who was quite remarkable. And it's also extremely traumatic because it takes place in one of the worst times of history of humankind. And I obviously, like all mothers, want their children to be brought up having a better life than I had. I come also from a trauma childhood with a lot of loss and death and challenges. And as a child, looked at the adults around me, including my parents, and thought they don't know what to do with me and they don't know what to do with their own lives. So, you know, I needed to figure this out myself, which I did and I landed up really self-parenting along the way. Fast forward to my children, my daughter's 34, and really incredible. She lives in Singapore and in sustainability. My son was no teacher would have found him easy in their classroom when he was growing up. He's super bright 
and really hated school. He was probably in the wrong schooling system in South Africa. It's very English and very British and you behave and you don't question or anything like that. And he grew up to become an integrative healer. So he's got his triple Reiki masters. He's a body talk practitioner, yogi. He's studying to be a doctor of Chinese medicine now. And he um, has written three storybooks that um, I'm not quite sure if you want to go into now, but my kids were obviously brought up very differently. They were brought up through my work and alongside my work with either Holocaust survivors, or apartheid activists. Um, they were, as I was, very blessed to meet Nelson Mandela and others around him. Um, they were very involved with my work with orphan and vulnerable children affected by HIV AIDS, with my organization Tomorrow Trust, and then just in a general society. And so when Brent was in Bali doing his yoga teacher training, he called me and he said, Mom, there is one common denominator between all your orphan and vulnerable kids and my affluent clients, and that is fear and anxiety. That fear and anxiety is pre prevalent in everyone's life, doesn't matter who you are, but no one talks about it. No one understands it. No one knows what to do with it. And we have to do something around this because it stops potential. It stops dreams coming true. And so from that, he wrote his first book called Freeing Freddie the Dreamweaver, which is very beautiful. It's about Freddie who lives in a magical rainforest and he meets Mr. Cotton, the spider, when he falls and gets caught in his spider's web. And Mr. Cotton teaches him that that's your web of fears. And with intention, you can let go your web of fears and build your web of dreams. And it's this beautiful journey that they take together. And then we created an activity sticker book for little ones, integrating those lessons in there. There's a workbook for 12 up right through to adults. We actually use it in a corporate setting as well. And um, we've built the most beautiful curriculum and it's some of the best work that I've been involved with. We worked with teachers and the teachers that we worked with were also moms. So they had the dual perspective and they brought so much to the table. I have such huge respect for teachers and spending my life teaching in so many schools internationally around tolerance, around inclusivity, around um, love and fear and what it does. You know, working with teachers, they can make or break a child, you know, at every stage. And so teachers are for me the most valuable other human being that a child comes into contact with other than their parents. Mm -hmm. And they can be huge change makers. And that's why we're here talking about this because my vision and mission with Spirit of Teaching and yours providing, you know, the way, the how, um, helping teachers get back in touch with their why, like it, you, what you were saying, and connecting to that humanity in all of us is just going to be for the greater good of all of us. And, and exactly. And to add to what you're saying, Linda, I think teachers have a superpower. And their superpower is state shifting. And they can walk into a classroom, see one child in a little miserable or angry or whatever, and they can take that child and shift their state of being to something totally different. 
unfortunately, it works the other way around as well. Mm-hmm. So we want to keep teachers in the positive in the positive space because I have experienced teachers who are exhausted and they burnt out and they don't realize that they bring all of that with them to the classroom. And children are super sensitive to that energy, to that behavior, and they pick it up and they take it personally. Mm-hmm. And they don't know the difference um, to saying, that's not my baggage, that's my teacher's baggage that she's mm-hmm. just walked in with or he's just walked in with. Um, and so it's really important that teachers appreciate the impact that they are making. Exactly. And the thing too, is that kids are very intuitive and teachers can be intuitive too, if they raise their awareness and we have to do some things to do that. You know, we have to take care of ourselves first, Um, but kids are intuitive. We were talking about my daughters in Egypt right now, and they visited a Sudanese classroom and there were a lot of kids packed in a very small room, but one girl locked onto my daughter's eyes and then started drawing a picture of her. And my daughter was an art major before she became a teacher major. And it was like the universe stepping in and making that heart connection. And that's the, and so it ended up the girl drew a picture of my daughter's face. And then my daughter went over and drew a picture of the girl. And so they exchanged, they signed the artwork and exchanged it. And that's going to be her best memory and her greatest souvenir um, from this trip and, and the impact from it. And that is like an idea of, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, that connection with a kid and making that impact, having that impact, the potential of it and the power behind it is, is enormous. And you, until you experience it, you have no idea what it's like. It's very unique. Yes. And to your point, I think one thing that COVID has really shown us is how interconnected the world actually is. You know, um, now we're all on Zoom, I work internationally, and everyone is navigating a similar space. I can't say we're in the same boat because we actually are not. You know, um, everyone's dealing with different set of circumstances. However, there is a common denominator, and that is the human being within us all, the common humanity. And when you see that, everything else goes away. Because you, as you say, you connect to the heart space. And that's what's important. This categorizing of people has to end. We're all part of humanity. And when you see each other as part of humanity, we can all join hands and really make the change. And I can tell you, I've worked with very affluent children and I've worked with the poorest of the poor in South Africa. And at the core of it, they all children and they all humans and they all want for the same thing they want to be seen they want to be heard they want to be held and children really want to be children they want adults to be adults and so often we push them into a space of them having to be older than they are and um, for me working with AIDS orphans that was very real because most of them live in child-headed households so you could have a 12-year-old with three or four siblings younger than them and no adults in the home and having to look after them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't want to rob children of their childhood because that is so special. That's where they grow. That's where they learn. That's where they build their self-esteem, their self-confidence. 
that's where they build their perspective of the world. And so what I would like to really say to teachers and to parents, give your children their childhood. Because so many children in our world don't have that opportunity. Very powerful words, very powerful. Speaking of words and quotes, <laughs> let me um, talk about one uh, that, I mean, Brent has got a lot of really powerful ones, as do you. Um, so you say the greatest gift to a child is a deeper sense of self-awareness and the connection and impact on others. And so giving a permission for them to be children, to explore and find their identity and who they are. And then uh, Brent talks about with one of his quotes, um, reaching your full potential isn't just about success. It's about living a life you love and becoming who we really want to be from an awareness of knowing our true self. Everything you need to learn and achieve is already within you. So that's beautiful. And I think the Freddie series helps with that. What you said about anxiety and fear and everything, it's not just a curriculum for children. <laughs> the book is not just for children. It's a little bit reminds me of Fred Rogers and how he spoke very much to children and had that connection. But he, whatever he said, and I found myself sitting down with my children watching Fred Rogers. And even to this day, if I need a pick me up and a, a real recentering of humanity and balance and what's important and the why of things, I will look at Fred Rogers. So I, I think you guys have a lot like that to offer the world. In fact, um, just another shout out here. So uh, Brent and his work has been recognized and um, promoted by Deepak Chopra. That's huge. You've won the Katerva Award for Innovation. And you've also been, you know, featured in many magazines like Forbes and the Legacy Project and Eden Magazine and Kids in the House, which is a parenting magazine. So this is for kids. It's for teachers. It's for parents. It's for everybody. It's like a world, a world curriculum, a human curriculum. And we need more of that in the schools. So you want to tell us a little bit more about what you have to offer, what sort of things teachers can, you know, get involved in or parents and how they can help their children? Thanks, Linda. Um, yes, it's been such a humbling, beautiful journey. And as you said, I'm going to go back to the two quotes. SEL, you know, the, the words social emotional learning is quite a new kind of trendy word. In South Africa, we used to just call it life skills because SEL is not a subject at school. This is how we view it at Free the Mind Go. It's not a subject at school um, that you teach behavior to. It's not really simply cognitive or intellectual. SEL for us at Free the Mind Co is really about how do you live life? How do you wake up in the morning? How do you go to sleep at night? What skills and tools do you need to help you navigate life so that it is smoother and that you have meaning and fulfillment, not simply as a child, but you teach these to kids so that they have them their entire life. And so, 
we all, every single day, are getting to know ourselves better. You know, we know how to pick up a cell phone or go onto a laptop or we're looking outside of ourselves all the time. And yet we don't even know the genius of the machine that we call ourselves. This, this being of who we are is the greatest invention and creation that has ever been, you know, created. And yet we know so little about ourselves. So free the mind co. As Brain says, all the wisdom is really within us if we go within. And so we have this premise that you have to go within to know how to live without. And so the books that Brain writes are multi-layered, like you were saying. Um, they are, you can read it to a five-year-old and they love it. And the animation pictures, the drawings are just beautiful. We got an animator illustrator to actually create them. So what we wanted to do was not make this heavy, like SEL has to be heavy. It's very character-based and children relate to that as well as adults. You know, working with adults, whether they be teachers or in the corporate world, we literally read the story and you just feel the energy in the room change. All the boundaries just come down because we all have that inner child within us that's looking to be heard and seen. And so the entire idea of Free the Mind Co. is to give skills and tools to all ages so that we navigate life better. And we've seen with COVID, I have done more teacher support webinars, teaching literal daily skills and tools for teachers who are falling apart and who are burning out than I've ever done in my life before. And let's face it, teachers are really going through a tough time, both 2020 and 21. And I think 22 is going to be trying to navigate that as well in the new year. So we are there because we believe you have to nurture teachers to nurture the children. And teachers really don't have the boundaries of emotion. So if we talk about a doctor, doctors are taught, don't get personally involved with your patients. Where teachers are said, get personally involved with your, your children. So they're taking on that secondary trauma all the time. It's a lot to hold. So they're holding their own fears and anxiety and everything that they're dealing with personally in their own lives. Then they're working with their children's trauma and trying to hold their students in the best way possible. And on top of that, they've got the children's parents that they're often having to deal with, the parents, the families, the community. And way on top of that, They've got all the admin and everything else that goes just with the job. So, you know, although, you know, people believe that teachers are superhuman, they're human and they've got so much that they're holding. So when we do teacher trainings, our first point is to actually hold, give the space to the teachers to go through their own journey because we also believe is that you cannot teach what you haven't experienced. So we take them through their own beautiful journey. And um, I think that what we've heard from so many teachers throughout the years is that they want to be valued. They want to be acknowledged, both on a physical and an emotional level. And that's what we do at Free the Mind Co. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful purpose uh, and, you know, mission in life. So uh, 
I know that, you know, another uh, quote, what happens in schools with emotions and stuff, because it is an awful lot that, especially with the latest trends in education, where it's really just about checklists and exterior things that are tangible, measurable, uh, accountable, all of this, that's what sparked me to do the spirit of teaching is that we need to get back to that human centered part of teaching. And Brent said, um, the most powerful aspect of a human being is our emotion. We need to learn uh, how to get it to work for ourselves. So that's what you're doing is instead of covering it up, instead of thinking you're a super teacher or uh, I'm uncomfortable with these emotions or I don't know what to do with them, I don't know how to handle this child, like you said, sometimes teachers are burned out and we may armor up. We may become Shrek-like with a lot of layers that you can't get past and that human heart gets covered up. And so there can be a lot of behaviors of, that are disempowering and not validating or seeing and hearing children because the teacher is trying to protect you know, herself or himself. And doing that inner journey and exploration is so important and it's okay. Teachers have another mindset of, I am the one who it has the knowledge. I've been trained at this. This is my job is to be the one who knows and has the answers and is a little like the sage on the stage or the fountain of knowledge. And sometimes they get uncomfortable when they're in emotional territory that they're not sure how to deal with it. Uh, and that has come up for every human on the planet during COVID as we've isolated. I found that on the Camino where when I'm walking alone for several hours, my mind wanders all over the place. And the only place really to go is inside and work through those things. So you have a lot of great curriculum for that for kids. Start them young to be able to do this. And just some words from your chapters in your curriculum that I would just want to point out here and you can talk about, you know, the ones you would like to or bring them all together. Um, fears, human emotions, affirmations, power of gratitude, compassion, empathy, relationships. Um, and you have a specific chapter lesson on bullying and uh, having equality, diversity, inclusivity. But you have a lot of also buzzwords. I don't want, I want to say buzzwords, but in education, we always have some pedagogical terms. And so even that that we've talked about that maybe some teachers are a little uncomfortable with, like, you know, human emotions or, you know, relationships. It, there, there are words too, like growth mindset and critical thinking and ref, having the student reflect and build their metacognition. That's, these are all things that we need on a human level, but also it can be married and woven into what, the bigger picture is in education and those checklists, maybe those initiatives, those pedagogical initiatives like growth mindset and, you know, critical thinking and all of that. Because when you grow internally and you grow as a human being and your learning journey, all those other things fall into place. They're just like, they're like gems you collect along the way instead of rocks that are like a burden or a trauma or a, a 
a hurt and a suffering because you didn't work through it, like is representative on the Camino where you pick up those rocks and you put them in your backpack. And then when you've worked through your emotions and inside and those traumas, you leave the rock alongside the Camino along the path and keep going. So that's what you're doing with people yeah, with your curriculum. You've said, you've said so much of value here and I'm making a few notes to go back to. So first of all, and this is just our way and you know how we work and it may sit with some and not with others and we're okay with that. Everyone finds their different way. So first of all, what's coming out so much, we've seen it in so many SEL programs is positive and negative emotions. But for us, there's no such thing as a positive or negative emotion. They're all emotions. And what emotions do is that they tell us what we're feeling and where we are in our lives at that moment in time. And it's a wonderful emotional thermometer, if you will. So, you know, to, to name them and label them positive and negative doesn't help because what you do is you take away the ability for all of us to actually say, gee, this is incredible. This is how my body, my mind, my everything is telling me where I am at that moment in time. Um, the second thing is human emotions and relationships coming to every part of our lives. The greatest relationship that we have is with ourselves. So if you don't know how to sit in discomfort by yourself, then you're going to be running around for someone else to fix it. And no one knows you better than yourself. So it's really about having the ability to sit in discomfort. And unfortunately, so many in the world don't know or have the skills and tools or know that it's normal to be in discomfort or it's normal to have fear and anxiety. As humans, that's the normality of it. And so a lot of people, individuals, children, teens, adults, turn to things like drugs and alcohol because they don't want to be sitting in the discomfort. They're looking to feel good all the time. Well, that's not human. None of us feel good all the time. And it, we need to teach our children that it's okay not to feel good all the time. Tomorrow's another day, and these are skills and tools to assist you with that process. Um, so sitting in discomfort is a big one for me. The other thing that you're talking about is the growth mindset and critical thinking. And if we don't have that, we're going to rely on what everyone else is telling us, even if it doesn't feel good for ourselves. So, so many of us do what other people in society tell you to do, even if it doesn't feel good, because that's the good um, way to go. And yet it destroys a part of you. So critical thinking for ourselves is very important to know who are we, what do we want, what is aligned to who we are in life. And that builds up curiosity. And curiosity is just such an incredible gift of learning, whether it be academic or emotional or human or anything else, sports, everything, art, to have curiosity in your life. You know, hopefully we all keep that until the day we, we die, you know, is to be curious, curious about other people, curious about the world, curious about nature. It's just incredible to have that curiosity in our lives. And added to that, 
what I'd love to say to teachers, and I learned this working for Spielberg, one of the first things they taught us was, if someone asks you a question and you don't know it, don't be embarrassed or shy. Rather simply say, I don't know, I will find out. Because we can't all know everything. We can't. And that's what makes us human. As well as for teachers, as well as everyone else, it doesn't matter, you, they're not all teachers. We can't do it all, all the time. I, I can tell you, I've got so much on my plate right now. And I need to look at it. And I, I would love to share something that I use. You can take lipstick or a marker and put it on your mirror in the morning. And that's WIN in capital letters, W-I-N. What does WIN mean? W-I-N. And a lot of people say, well, to win, you have to be successful. Well, what does success mean? What win means, and I teach it to all my teachers when I do the trainings, is what's important now? It's an acronym for what is important now because we can't do it all. None of us can do it all. And so stuff is going to move over to tomorrow, whether we like it or not. So it's about looking at it, and I every day I wake up and I go, win, what's important now? And that literally brings me down to my top three priorities for the day. And then I work on that. And sometimes what important now is sitting and having a cup of tea because we need that self-care. Or sometimes during the day, I'll put on my sneakers and go for a walk because I need a break and I want to be in nature. You know, um, I want to be with the trees or if you're lucky enough to live at the ocean, walk on that beach sand bare feet, you know, and feel the sensory effect on your body. So what's important now is a beautiful way just to look at your day and say, you know what, this is okay. That's so beautiful and so powerful because why not teach it to kids? Kids, especially younger ones, get distracted very easily. And the teacher then is yelling at them because they're not doing the task at hand that's in front of them. And so just you could use that little, you know, acronym to bring them back to center and on task. When? What's important now? What should you be doing right now? What's important now? Because when you get through with that, you can move on to the next thing. But it, it's exactly. just, and kids understand that. They'll get it. And they're easily yes, distracted. Yeah. Just exactly. use when. Yes. And Linda added to that, um, you know, we had our first publisher for the books wanted to rip up Brent's books and really dumb them down and simplify them all. And Brent was adamant and he said, children are not stupid, don't treat them like they are. Rather lift them up if there's a word that they don't understand or a concept that they don't understand, explain it. Take the time to explain it to them. And so the book, that's why it's written in layers because it's not a storybook that you just read once. And even in the curriculum, um, the curriculum, by the way, is we listened to the teachers and they wanted something that was very easy to follow. So it is smooth and easy. It's got um, additives at the each of, uh, end of each lesson plan for different grades. So it literally gives you worksheets and deliverables and materials and the standards and everything in it. It's super easy to use. It even gives you how to break it down into mini lessons. From a 45 minutes, you can break it down into 15 minute lesson. Um, so that's really exciting. 
And what it does is that it takes you on a journey, a journey that you will enjoy as a teacher. And I promise you, your students will enjoy it too. I'm going to tell a personal story I've shared with you, but I'm going to share it out to the world about how um, I went to the dentist recently and my dental hygienist was very, um, she knows I'm a teacher. And she said to me, um, I'm really struggling during the pandemic with my children. I have one who is thriving in this environment uh, of virtual learning. And my daughter who is uh, 10 years old is not. She's struggling with anxiety. She misses her friends. Um, She's gone from straight A's to all failing grades. And I am at a loss as as a parent. And I brought up mindfulness. And she was like, I don't know what that is. So raising awareness, sharing stories. And I had to go back to her and I took her, you know, some resources and everything and recommended that she buy Brent's books, which she has. And, and she is like, I need this too. I am going to do this too with my daughter because I deal with anxiety and I'm going to tie in also an article I read just this morning. The universe provided it to us for this conversation from Ed Week where Education Week has come up with, they did a survey, a lot, an extensive survey and research and found that teachers are more prone to depression than any other career group, even doctors, like we were talking about earlier. And that's a powerful research bit of data to take in and to consider as we are going back next year and what that looks like for teachers, for administrators, for parents, for students. We have just come out of the greatest trauma of our generation. You know, I mean, like my mom is 92 and for her, she went through World War II and rationing and she's been through a lot. Um, And then, you know, her parents went, my, my grandfather fought in World War I, you know, a very horrible. So, They've been through traumas, doesn't mean that it makes them less sensitive to it. But for us, this pandemic has been, and just think of the children and their future and that whole trauma. We have to become more sensitive to that. We have to become more aware. We have to be more caring and um, deliberate in how we deal with that. And so this curriculum for teachers, for parents, for students is such a gift and thank you so much for that. And to Brent, because it is, it is, it just, it makes me want to weep because it is so needed. And what my mission is, is this for the spirit of teaching. And we're talking about doing some collaboration, maybe some webinars for teachers and stuff. So I would love to do that because we're, you know, just, you know, a couple of people with big ideas. And sometimes it's really, really hard to bring those big ideas to fruition and reach the people that we need to reach. Linda, thanks for bringing it up. You know, another frightening stat is that through the pandemic, approximately 50% of teachers in America want to leave the profession. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that happening? It's just horrendous because teachers are overloaded. We need to shift perspective of what success is, that not all your students need to be 
getting 80, 90%. You know, what is more important? What is the focus? What should be the focus in our schooling system? Because we're also teaching children that you always have to be number one. Because if you're not number one, you're second, third, fourth, and maybe, you know, even 20th, right? And that means you're not good enough. So we're bringing up our children and raising our children to believe that if you are not number one, you're not good enough. And the teachers are under a huge amount of stress to get them to feeling good enough as well as getting the top marks. Um, I work with a school, it's a private school. And they say in the last five years, they've never seen so much anxiety and stress in their students um, in grade 12 because they are trying so desperately to get into the top colleges. And if they don't, then they're not good enough. They don't feel good enough. And so, you know, really, what are we creating in our world that is nurturing and loving for ourselves as well as for our children? Because... You know, when people say children are our future, I don't believe that. I believe children are our present as well. And if you're only seeing them as future beings, it's almost like you're creating a machine for future use. Um, they need this now as well as parents. So we do, um, I do parent webinars as well because parents are desperate. Um, when, I'm I, just going to say when. What's important now? And children are, that's it. Exactly. What I've also been saying to all the teachers that I'm working with, as well as the parents, to your point, is that everyone living right now is going to think of the time of the pandemic. Children born now will say, I was born in the pandemic. So it's going to be a reference point as well. What kind of memories do we want to create in this time? because we all have choice. So we have choice to create something wonderful or something really horrendous. And I want to just stop and say the trauma that has come out of this pandemic. So many people have lost their lives. So many, if you think about just in America, 600,000 people who have lost their lives, that is 600,000 families and people who knew them. So the trauma, the ripples of trauma is enormous. And within that, what kind of memories do we want to give our children? How have we coped? What are we role modeling? And I want to tell you a beautiful story that happened with Brent just before I was emigrating. I got remarried. So I came, um, my husband's expat South African, been here for 43 years, and I cried my eyes out. Um, I was leaving everything that I knew. My huge international, internationally awarded career, my friends, my family, and most of all my children who were adults and are adults already. And so I sobbed. I thought, how am I gonna survive this next chapter? I literally had to, and I'm still recreating and starting again. And Brent and I went out for lunch and he stopped and he looked at me and he said, I want you to know I haven't listened to one word you've told me my whole life. And then he took a pause and he looked at me and he said, aren't you pleased you lived it right? And even telling you I well up, my tears just spring because what he was saying to me in essence was, I've been watching you and you have role modeled. And that's what we're doing as adults. 
And what we want to do, and it's in our work, every part of our work, is that people don't realize the impact that they have on others, both in a positive and a negative way. How you look at someone, how you speak to someone, it gets taken in as well as how other people impact us. And if we could only teach that, just that one concept, our world will be a better place. Because who wants to hurt someone else? Anyone who wants to hurt someone else really comes from such a dark place within. Um, and, you know, that's where bullying comes from. And so when you teach children and adults to love themselves and others, that changes the whole world. Kindness is the greatest thing that we can bring into our lives for yourself as well as others. And that means self-care as well. And it's a conscious effort to do self-care and know what makes you feel good. For some, it's a, it's a walk. Um, for others, it's meditation. For others, it's cooking some yummy food. So I always say to everyone, make an effort to do something that's self-care every single day. You made me cry. <laughs> so like I said, we're heart connected. We're on a, the same mission. Um, and I, on your website, and I'm going to put this in, you know, the podcast, the link to that and have them reach out to you, take a look around, ignore to the books there. You can sign up for webinars and, and that sort of thing. But I noticed that um, you have transformative and effective curriculum. And to me, that speaks volumes about the transformative. Uh, how much of education is transformative right now? I don't, I question how much. But when you go inside, when you personalize that learning, when you lead children and even adults to know yourself and to know your, you know, your purpose in life and your love song to the world and all of that. It, it is, it's just a beautiful thing. And, um, and I want to give a gift out to your listeners. And I'm, I've got a 12 week woman's program. That's a self discovery, deep dive, self discovery. And it's just wonderful. Um, every cohort, I literally watch people's lives change as they are doing it. And for anyone who would like to join this, I'd like to give a 20% discount. And all they have to do is type in Ignite 20. And it's in on the website, freethemindco.com. And if they go to individual, it's Ignite Your Inner Clarity, Wisdom, and Power. And my next um, cohort is starting on the 10th of August. Okay. So I would love to see your teachers joining. And um, if there's any issue on finances or anything, we can make a plan because I'd rather do the work. Um, money doesn't drive what we do and who we are at Free the Mind Co. It's all about how do we connect and how do we help others. Okay, so they can reach out either through the Spirit of Teaching website and email me if they have questions or any um, uh, challenges of signing up for the program or, or anything like that. And then you want to give 
um, your email for? Absolutely. It's Kim, K-I-M, at freethemindco.com. And please, you know, just reach out. I hear so many people saying they're shy, they can't afford this, they don't know what to do. We are not precious. We're all in this together. And so we're here to support you and give you love. And by doing that, we support and give ourselves lives at the same time. We do. We're all in it together. All right. Well, thank you, Kim. This has been very uh, heart-touching, inspiring, and I hope we are able to reach other teachers and share the good and grow the good. And so share this podcast with all your teacher friends that are struggling or even those that aren't struggling because we're all human and we all need that uh, being uplifted and being seen and heard, that human connection. So thank you, Kim, to you and to your son and all of your great work and what, you, what you're doing for the world. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. And I'm just wishing everyone a beautiful, beautiful day and do something lovely for yourself today. Good advice. Teachers need to hear that. Hello again, everyone. This is your host, Linda Markley. And I'd like to invite you to nominate a teacher to be a guest on the podcast and to share their story. All you have to do is go to www.spiritofteaching.org and fill out the nomination form. Again, that's www.spiritofteaching.org. Also, please share, rate, and give some feedback to help us better serve you in the spirit of teaching. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to having you back next time on Teacher Tales.